Good afternoon and good evening, and thank you for joining us for another edition of The Divination Table. I'm your host, Michael Lennon, and our next guest, Florencio Guevara, has been a medium for over half a century and considers it his life work. His first book, The Misa Blanca, The White Altar, has many years been in the workings, written specifically for the average person in as plain a language as possible. Book Whispers from the Cave will delve deeper into technical workings of mediumship and spiritual recipes and prayers for specific needs of the soul. Born in New York City's borough of the Bronx in 1946, his parents were born in Puerto Rico and they have been happily married since 1977. And he has two daughters and four grandchildren. So let me bring on our special guest. Hello, this is Michael. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you fine. How are you? I am doing wonderful, and I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you. Happy to be here. So you've been a medium for like half a century. Is that correct? <laughs> yep, 57 plus years. 57 years. Man, I feel like such a baby. 
71, I no longer feel like a baby, but... (laughs) Well, can you explain to us what mediumship is, you know, and how you use mediumship in the traditions that you are part of? Okay. Mediumship is when you are the um, translator or the, the filter or the go-between between the spirit world and the material world. Uh, We are all spirits, um, but we happen to be going through a period of materialization, in other words, to learn and continue on our reincarnation. But um, a good medium is one who can uh, pick up, interpret, and correctly uh, give messages as well as healing as well as uh, powers to uh, do for people, cleanings, etc., inspired by the other side. Now, it's a very technical field, much more than what people think. Yes. Um, (laughs) You have to to be very, very... um, well taught in this this has uh, this is nothing you uh, learn in one day or one month or even a year this comes over time when you are uh, hopefully under someone's good guidance who knows how to help the medium control because that's where most people go wrong the medium is the one that has to be given most of the attention Yes. So that you can impart how you're going to, through your prayers, give uh, energy, strength, and light to these spirits. And uh, spirits bring their very last incarnation always with them. That means their gender at that time, because we all change genders. Yeah. Uh, their gender, their culture, their likes and dislikes, their dispositions. All of that. And that has to be filtered and modified so that they understand that you are in are living in the 21st century. So they have to kind of like uh, remember that they are there and you are here. Okay? And that, that happy medium line is uh, when there's communication or... Um, much more uh, dramatic is when you're a medium that knows how to pick up the evil spirit and break witchcraft, because then you have to really know how to uh, have, you have to have good spirits around you that know how to hold that spirit there, make them recant, make them pick up spiritually, vibrationally, all the evil they've done to that particular person, and uh, usually deposit it within the waters, and then learn how to say they're sorry and learn to follow these spirits up to the light. And when that happens, there's a vacuum there, and that's when those the medium better have very good spirits that will immediately come in and clean this medium. Okay. That's right. In a nutshell, you know, it's not as easy as it sounds. Well, no, it's not. 
<laughs> you know, I, I'm a medium not as long as you have been, and I always consider myself still learning because, you know, it's you know, there's always so much to know when it comes to mediumship. I mean, it's not just you know spirit passing a message because there's a lot that we have to do. Like you bring up, you know, depositing it in the water. Now, I understand what that means, but, you know, for our audience, um, what exactly is depositing that kind of energy into the waters? What are the waters? Okay. For instance, in most uh, uh, misas or seances, you would have, of course, the uh, the water in the center, or, where, or if you have a, a designated, what I call the deposit uh, uh base or goldfish tank is usually used, um, and the palms of your hands are where the most vibration comes out, and that's where the spirit will be picking up, and when you put your hands on the lid, the lid of the, uh, uh, of the, um, the water vessel that you use, yep. that's when it is released. Okay, you don't actually put your hands in the water. Right. You take them inches away and release them. There's a, a, with a movement of actually letting go. And then you go back and you clean the person again and continue releasing into the water. After that, depending on what is going on, you would either change the water by flushing it down uh, uh, the toilet, or you would then, if the, if the misa continues, then there would be others that would be happening there to that, and at the end, you would do that. And then you would wash it with uh, water, soap, and salt. Salt energizes and blesses. And once, then you rinse it out, and it's always done with water from the tap never from a refrigerator. Right. You know, it's important, and I don't think people realize the connection between tap water or even, you know, flushing things down the toilet. You know, my godmother used to tell me that the bathroom was one of the most spiritual places in a person's house. And because of the pipes... And the water going down the drain and out into the sewer, into the river, it has a very deep connection to ancestors. Oh, yes. Yes, she was 100% right. And it's um, the main axis of any house. Let's say I'm going to be blessing a home or cleaning a home out. The number one axis is the kitchen and the bathrooms. The kitchen, because that is the place of power in a house. The bathrooms, because that is the working area of the spirituality of the house. And it's also the place where most people who don't have the best intentions leave their thoughts or witchcraft. And they can do that in very, very um, subtle ways that you have to be quite aware when there's a change in the energy field that you have grown used to, okay? Yeah. This could be anything from uh, a B-52 
piece of paper that's crumpled up and left somewhere uh, strategically, or it could be a uh, little bit of lipstick put under a lid. It all depends, you know. I've seen a whole bunch of things in my day, and, you know. When I have a misa, you have to really bless the bathrooms a lot. Uh, and you know, and people don't realize this. You know, when you're doing spiritual work, you know, we use the bathroom a lot in reference to doing cleansings. You know, uh, despojos and rompimientos. You know, in the tub, and you know, it really is a, a focal point, energy-wise, within a person's house. Oh yes, very, very much. Which is why. Uh, when people are uh, are cleaning a, a house, you have to really concentrate the most on the kitchen and the, the bathroom, all bathrooms. Right. So, why is the kitchen so important for our listeners that may not be aware from a traditional standpoint? You know, like our understanding is number one the. Best witchcraft in the world is always done with the spices you have right in your kitchen, <laughs> and, the, and that includes the food, okay? Uh, which is uh, it's also the main area of sustenance for those that live in the house. So therefore, it is always the magnet, okay? Particularly in uh, when there's a married couple living in a home. Uh, the minute you have, uh, you know, when, when the wife is there, well, she becomes a major force in that house, okay? And anything that has to do with the kitchen is a major force because you can prepare anything, good, bad, or indifferent, in the kitchen. You wouldn't go to the bathroom to do it. Right. The bathroom is the... I, if, you, if, if, if you will, uh, is like the final uh, outcome. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Uh, and, you know, from a, you know, cultural background, you know, being Puerto Rican, you know, growing up in, you know, big families where everybody came over, everybody hung out out in the kitchen. You know, everybody was part of the cooking. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. But this goes across the board in any household of any culture. The kitchen is always the axis of the house. I will agree. Very close, almost tied in the first place. Okay. You know, so when we speak about the waters, we speak about, you know, depositing the energies into the, you know, water vessel. You know, we speak about what we consider or call the Bovida or the ancestral altar. I know in your books, you know, your uh, Mesa Blanca and the Whispers from the Cave, you know, you make mention of, you know, the Bovida. So if you could explain, you know, what the Boveda is, why it's so important for our listeners that may not be aware or haven't even yet tapped into 
that particular area. Okay. Now, the Bovada is a personal part of your culture. It is linked to you very, very deeply. Um, there are various ways to have a Bovada. A Bovada itself comes from the word uh, receptacle, a place, a place that that keeps things, uh, a, a treasure chest of some type. Okay, which is why I, I said whispers from the cave, and then you saw a big uh, goblet there. You know, yes. Because that's what they are. Really, each glass there is a cave. And in that cave is where certain things we live that have to do with your spiritual quadrant. Okay? Now, there are different uh, styles of bobadas, okay? and um, I'm rather uh, uh, individualistic, if you might put it that way, in the way I view bobadas. Right. There are certain people in certain um, traditions that it has to be seven glasses, one very large one and six not so large and and each one has to be dedicated to a particular spirit. Then there are those of us who are very, very much spiritualists and spiritists and we would be best advised to use nine because nine is the number of the uh, spirits. Right. Of any what called muertos would be spirits. But then again, uh, there are some of us that um, will do with one glass and others that will do with three. Whether what what is uh, correct, either one, whatever is fits into the person's particular pattern of growth in their spirituality. That's the one they choose. Okay, and uh, many people like to identify specific spirits with each glass. Now, I've been to places where I have seen people put on the table about upwards of 23, 24 glasses, and I, I just want to run out of there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, overkill, okay? Um, it's like the people who uh, see a, uh, a brujo or witchcraft behind every door. You know, those are the ones yes. that we do not need in this. <laughs> they need to go to church and stay there. Um, <laughs> well, you know, there are people that say sometimes less is more. Oh, yes. And I'm one of those. My mother, you know what the little shot glasses look like? Yes. That's what it is. Nine little, small tubs, okay, tiny, small, and one major uh, cup, and that's it. And I do not dedicate each glass to a particular spirit, no, because your quadrant is always going to grow. We're always growing. We're always learning. I consider myself a student like anybody else. And this this is a chain that never ends. It's like a graduate it's like a, a classroom that has no graduation ever. 
and um, you're always learning and you're always growing. Therefore, there are new spirits always coming in. And uh, if I'm going to be doing that, no, the nine represents the, the, the fact that I am a spiritualist and a medium and that there's very easy access of any spirit to come and, uh, I would say, drink of the waters. But what I really mean by that is um, be at home. In other words, this is your place. Identify with this bovada. This is your home. Okay? That's the way I view bovada. Now, see, sometimes I change mine. Like, I'll go from seven to nine. You know, and it depends on what it is that I'm doing. You know, if I am specifically working and doing cleansing work, I will normally use nine. If I am just doing it from a standpoint of calling on my ancestors and my quadro to do, you know, divination, I normally will use seven. You know, so for me, it changes from one to the other depending on specific needs. People who have a family bovila, in addition, rather than have one for each person, uh, each glass in that particular bovila represents uh, the person who lives in that house, and that's you know that's fine too. And um, then again, you could have a working bovila as opposed to a uh, altar bovila, where. Um, you would then you would then um be as they call it uh you would then have one bulb of that where you where you um would be working with right and that would be one way of having a bulb of that and then you would have a secondary one which is the one that you just for your own uh, purposes, for you. Because you know, especially in my case, where I see so many people uh, that I do readings all the time with people, a majority of them in person. Um, and uh, I have a particular way of having a one glass over that for when I'm working as opposed to the one I have in another place, that that is my little sanctuary just for me. Right. You know, like where I get away. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all need that quiet. We all need that, you know, connection and that peace that is just ours and ours alone. You know, and you mentioned, because there may be some people that may not understand, you know, like your quadrant, your quadro, you know. Exactly what is that for the listeners that may not know? Well, a quadrant is nothing more than your family of spirits. We all are born with a spirit guardian angel that brought you to your mother's womb, and it's the one that stays there with you all your life and brings you back to uh, God when things, when your uh, physical life is done. But um, there are other spirits that have to come in and they have other uh, missions to accomplish. 
the reason that a person is a medium is because they are going to be the vessel that allows each uh, spirit to work through their karma by helping others. You know, and that, that that's really the gist of it. But um, it, it's not uh, a point of... Uh, it's, the quarter is like a family. It's right. a family, and the one who's the keeper of the gate is the spirit that uh, brought you to your mother's womb. The one that's assigned to you where their job is to be with you, guide you, do the whole thing. And for instance, let's say you're going into an African traditional uh, religion. As, yes. Just as an example, okay? That the person is going to do something or whatever situation, maybe you'll do follow whatever. If that number one guardian angel is not in agreement, anything could happen to you or them, okay? Because everything has to go by permission of the guardian angel that you were born with. Right. That is, that is the head honcho or honchoette decides, <laughs> uh, okay? And, and nothing else it matters if that spirit is against whatever it is that you're doing. You are bound to fail, okay? Because spirits um, can do many, many things and a lot of power that nobody would actually believe until you go through it. That I will agree with. You know, that's a lot of the reasons why people, you know, have to seek out, you know, like a Babalao, somebody that can, you know, bring down a guardian spirit, do a divination to see whether or not your guardian spirit wants you to follow a particular path or not so that you are not veering in a direction that may not be in your best interest according to your spiritual guide. One person that you would need to go to first would be a uh, spiritual medium that can really connect with the spirits there, because the Babalao cannot have spirits, right? Or they do deal with them, but again, when it comes to bringing down the spirit. Of you, this is not. We're not talking about a santo here. We're not talking about uh, uh, an entity of follow. No, we're talking about the spirit that God assigned to you and walks through your life with you. When it comes to that, your best policy is always go to a good spiritual medium first. Someone who's a real medium who can pick up and channel one way or the other, either through trance or semi-trance, or physically pick up because they're a physical medium. And then uh, you can then continue looking onward if your spirit has said or indicated in some way uh, through your feelings and emotions and, and readings that you get that they want you to go into a particular tradition. Okay, because many, many people, that spirit says no. 
and, and the, uh, the irony of life is I am dying to do Santo. <laughs> and at the age of 71, uh, my spirit guardian uh, continued to say no. And the irony is that I have spiritual godchildren who are Babalaos. I have taken people uh, to the palace who is Babalaos, one even to Guru, and, you know, hey, <laughs> I have to ask their blessings when I see them, you know. <laughs> but my spirit has always said no. And when I had the, because uh, I do have certain many things of, of, of uh, the Santo. I do have my uh, warriors, and uh, yes, I am scratched in Palo. I don't work it too much, but yeah. Um, and um, and I do have the hand of a ruler, uh, which is a, a, a divination thing that has to do with Babalaos. Right. And I remember to this day when that was done, all three of them stood up and they said, we don't want a problem with Yamaya because that's supposed to be a child of Yamaya. And they said, we don't want a problem with her because she said the next time they ask, they're going to take somebody's head off. It <laughs> <laughs> says no, and when you you know, because I the reason I've crowned spiritually so many people in my lifetime, I couldn't count, and uh, that is the reason why there's only few people on earth that my spirit would allow them to put a hand on my head. It's even hard for me to get permission to get a. Uh, Rogation de cabeza, rogation on my head, when they clean your head, yeah. which has to be done through a santero. Um, even that, I have to walk uh, uh, through the forest of life to get to. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, in many ways, I should have done it when I could have, when I was very young, you know. But since I waited, well, I got so involved in the growth of my spiritual work, and I got so involved in spiritism that, hey, when I look back, oh, here I am, 71. <laughs> yeah. But that's basically the main, main uh, role of the spirit guardian angel. You can have a guardian angel in the center. You can have a guardian angel in your follow, et cetera, et cetera. But there is one guardian angel that always has the last say, and that is your spirit guide that brought you to your mom's So when you speak about, you know, uh, spiritualists and them bringing down your guardian, now this is not something you can do over the phone. You have to do this in person. You have to be sitting with your spiritualist in order to have this done. Oh, yes. If you want to know, uh, even if you're not going to do Santo, but if you want to know what is the Yoruba saint that uh, favors you and that who you are a child of, you can go when there is a, what they call, bringing Arula down uh, onto the, uh, on, the, on the land, where they bring it, that has to be, a, that's a ceremony that there has to be, and I underline, has to be minimum 
three babalaos, and it's a ceremony that is quite official, and then they will uh, sit you in front of uh, a particular way that they will divine, and when they tell you you are the child of Jonzo or Ya or Yamaja or Shango or Batala, whoever, that is it. You ask once in life. Okay? Then you know at least who you can ask for extra help in case you really get to those moments in life where you really need to pull out all the stops. Okay? That I can certainly understand. I have still yet have my guardian angel and santo brought down. And I'm not sure if it's because I'm just waiting or if they're just waiting or if they're moving me into a different direction at the moment. Well, when the time is correct, uh, your spirit will push you right there. And just remember, it has to be a ceremony where they are bringing down Urula, and that is usually a lot of people there, but there has to be minimum three babalaos. If not, get up and get out. Because charlatans, unfortunately, are the biggest problem we mediums face today. Not the outside world, inside and it's getting worse and worse every year you know we see it on you know especially on facebook we see people getting called out all the time which i think is a great thing because these people need to be brought to everybody's attention there's beautiful wonderful dedicated traditional you know priests and priestesses and spiritualists in the community doing awesome work and oh, yeah. it makes it so hard for people that are honestly looking, you know, mm-hmm. who they can trust, where they can go, whether or not they should ask questions. You know, Ifa Abeyo is currently in our chat room, and I know she's a big one about this. You know, ask questions, you know, find out all that you need. You know, ask whatever questions. How much is just going to cost up front? What are my additional charges going to be during my year in whites? What other services? You know, what does all this money go towards? Because as a spiritual being and a person that wants to get into any tradition, you know, we have to invest in ourselves enough to be able to ask questions and get answers. And if we can't, you know, one of her favorite things is just keep on walking. Move to the next person. Find somebody else. Exactly. No need to make a scene or get uptight, though I have in my day. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, you just got to And you will, in, in the Hispanic world, we normally would not, like all of this, uh, the advertising and all of the little business cards and the Facebook and all that, normally in the Hispanic world, you would not see that. Right. Because the Hispanic world is always (laughs) word of mouth, which is probably the toughest way to to pass judgment on on the media. Because people will 
and say, yeah, that person helped me, they did this, and yeah, you know, or this one's a charlatan, and he don't know what he's saying, or whatever. But the word of mouth in the Hispanic community has so much say, it's, it's unbelievable. Okay? Because well, we hear many things, but then, then we start looking within, uh, as I say, the, the talking circles. What do you know? Who do you, people who've been to that person and speak, those are the ones about concrete things that have happened uh, and concrete things that have been done for them. Those are the people that will show you whether or not that person is someone uh, that you can confide in. And I'll agree with that. You know, I often look at people's actions rather than what people say. You know, because in the Spanish traditions, especially in the Puerto Rican traditions, you know, not saying a lot also says a lot. You know, when you have people coming to you saying, you know, I just saw this guy who's a medium, you know, he's been fantastic, you know, you should go and see him or you should speak to him. You know, it's not something that is advertised because it's something that's being done out of the love of the tradition and the culture. You know, it's something that you're brought up in and it's not a business. You know, it is in some ways, you know, for a lot of people, but traditionalists, it's the lifestyle. This is what they've always done, you know, so word of mouth is the best advertising. Well, the thing is, you know, there is the reason that uh, there is, uh, let's say, a charge for certain things, um, because of the day and age that we live in, um, the what we use as exchange is not cows and chickens and lambs. Right. It used to be. Okay. So now it's money. But the, the, the spirits and the santos do not recognize money. They recognize that something was left in return. Okay. Something right. for them was left in return, whether it was a rock or whether it was a diamond ring. What it was is not important to the santo. It may be important to the santero, but it's not <laughs> and the thing is this if people are going to get try to want to get into this because they want to make a living I highly suggest you go back to college and do something else nobody gets rich in this very it's... few mediums are uh, wealthy very few and they're hand picked to become the Gene Dixons of the future, okay? And I mean hand-picked, because when you get up into that type of society, uh, those people are more cutthroats than the average Joe on the street. And it's, you know, it's a shame that people have to be cutthroat, you know, because as spiritual people, you know, our job is to help lift and elevate and make people's lives better and to cleanse and open pathways. And, you know, while we would all love to do what we do for nothing, you know, it's also not possible. You know, we still have to eat. We still have bills that we have to pay. 
items that we have to purchase, you know. Yeah, but there's something about human nature that really is at the crux of this issue. And it's <coughs> when people receive something for free, they do not appreciate it. I will agree with that. If they have to take out even a dollar bill, boy, they're going to listen and they're going to do what they got to do. Because, you know, as they say, oh, I put money in this. Okay. And a dollar for somebody might be a lot. Whereas, you know, for someone else, it's nothing. Okay. You never know. Because I've had people sitting in front of me that I know, uh, I took money and gave to them and said, here, go buy this stuff for yourself. And then there's others that they say, well, I'm going to leave you this. And when I look, I get shocked. But when you when you look back, yeah, they could afford that and much more. Okay, so that it all depends on, on human nature and the way people have been raised and their economic status in life. Now, there are people that you just know, I mean, one of my biggest warfares I've had for a long time with many people in certain traditions is that they're going to see a person that is dying of hunger, has a very bad disease, the santo says that they can be helped, and then there comes a price tag. Now, if he ain't got enough to fill up that refrigerator, why are you going to charge $14,000? Where is he going to get it from? There ain't ah. any street corp to sell his bonds, okay? Put it bluntly. Yeah, I mean, I used to see it when I worked in the Botanica, and, mm. you know, there were people that came in that you just knew. They're not leaving without being cleansed in one way, shape, or form. Whether the money comes out of my own pocket or not, doesn't make any difference you know if somebody truly needs it and my guides tell me hey this person needs to be cleansed they get cleansed you know because i make agreements with my spirits you know exactly. to try and live how they want me to be and if they say hey do this there's no question there's no well how much it's like, okay this person needs it now this person gets it now and, and you know, in, in this field, uh, you may not get great on this stuff, but, but you'll always have enough to keep uh, you okay because um, God is not blind. The spirits are not blind. Okay? They know. And uh, it all depends on what the need is and according to what is needed at that time. I always go with the flow as far as what does this situation need. Okay. Oh, and it's... Go ahead. I'm sorry. Hmm? Oh, no, go ahead. <laughs> well, for instance, I like to deal very much with law enforcement. <laughs> uh, I usually have a, a, quite a lot of people because I have a great devotion to St. Michael the Archangels. And uh, patron of you know law enforcement and firefighters, and sometimes I get quite a lot of them that will come in, and I always tell them, you come in uniform with your weapons and everything else, and I clean everything. I 
spiritually clean everything. Um, yeah. Well, you have to. I mean, they carry all this with them on a regular basis. So if you forget to cleanse important items, they can put it right back on again. They pick up curses for free every day. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they, I've been to... Uh, I can't name names or places or anything for obvious reasons, but I've been called into governor's offices uh, and other politicians' offices, uh, you know, quietly, like, you know, 3 a.m. in the morning, they come and see me, (laughs) so nobody sees them, you know, this stuff. And, you know, hey, they need, just like anybody else, like I tell everybody, when the toilet paper is needed, everybody needs to wipe it, right? Got it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'll get up at night if it's for a child. If it's a child that's very sick or having a problem, I'll get up out of bed and go. But for an adult, I'll say two aspirin call me in the morning. <laughs> well, you know, we do have to have a certain time frame that we work in. You know, we all need our sleep. We all need our family time. You know. Oh, yeah. People still need to understand that unless it's a dire emergency, you know, you need to give your spiritual person the breaks that they need, you know, for their, you know, we don't ask painters to come to our house at 2 a.m. You know, we don't ask, you know, certain businesses, oh, well, I can only be there at 11 and I know you close at 5. Can you stay open just for me? You know, yeah. Most things, you know, as a general rule, most things can wait until a person's normal business hours. Correct. Correct. Because there are people that, you know, they they have witchcraft on them every 15 minutes, you know. And those are the ones that say, you need to go to your local Pentecostal church. Bye-bye. Because I don't want to deal with them. Because they're more of a problem to me than an atheist. Yeah. That's the, uh, just like people that are constantly getting sick but aren't really sick. Yeah, those are the spirit junkies, you know, and they need to go somewhere else with their addiction. I refuse to deal with them. No. When I see somebody that's constantly, you know, and I got to hold their hand, change their diapers too, no. Honey, you need to go to the local evangelical church and buy. And speaking of evangelicals, um, there's a situation in this country right now, and in many other parts of the world, but particularly this country, where religious warfare is being waged on us, the spirit people. I will agree with that. You know, we had the Catholic Inquisition centuries back then. Well, guess what? Now we have an evangelical Inquisition taking hold of this country. And it is a very dangerous one because it happens to have invaded the top echelons of this country. Uh, And it has pitted people against people, you know... In yeah. all walks, 
you know, more so, you know, the ethnic cultures, the African-Americans, the immigrants, you know, it's all channeled hatred that God has never intended. The uh, white Anglo-Saxon, yes, that still that division and that uh, uh, warfare is there also because there are people that are uh, the other bookend of ISIS, where you have the two extremists and everyone else is caught in the middle. But these people, these uh, evangelical Christians, you, we have to be very careful that things don't get to such a point that um, there are areas in the world where many of us have been burned to this day, killed to this day. And death has a lot of names, and one of them is ridicule, um, ostrac- being ostracized, um, being uh, put out of a job, being forced out of a neighborhood. Things of that nature are going on. And what the spiritual people need to wake up, all of us, me included, is that whether you're a spiritist, whether you're a palero, whether you are Wiccan, whether you are a Santero or Babala, whatever it is, a voodoo, because New Orleans, you know, is a, oh, yeah. a land of voodoo in the United States. But all of us have to kind of be very, very um, protective of each other because there will be times when we're going to have to uh, be almost with the code talkers underground because things are getting to a point in this country that's dangerous. I want to point out uh, that mediums need to be very, very careful because there are laws that are still on the books that they would love to take off. Oh, yeah. One of them is a 1997 uh, Church of Lukumi uh, from Hialeah. That decision was federal by the Supreme Court. And oh, yeah. that also affected the Hasidic Jews because there are, not only is animal sacrifice used in the African traditions, but in the Hasidic traditions and in, 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 in the Hebrew, yes, also. There were certain times in the years when, you know, white chickens fly all over. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And that was the Church of Babalu IA, wasn't it? But, mm-hmm. So what happens is uh, the Supreme Court just said, yes, now. There is a small little license that the people in Hialeah at the Lukumi Church can help uh, people get which allows you to do that, but they have to, animals have to be disposed of in a particular, particular way. But even evangelicals have widened their scope to uh, include anything and anybody that is not an evangelical Christian. In other words, children that are being locked up are part of what their agenda is. And I know in my heart, and I have heard people speak, that they would love nothing better than to have these wild-eyed people 
come and put us to the torch. Trust me. We can get to that point if we are not careful and we don't start using our legal people, of which there are many in the spirit world, to help out with this situation. And, you know, it's important more now than ever for all of our cultures, you know, spiritualists, Vodou, Palo, you know, Ifa, Yoruba, no matter what it is, that we all stand together. You know, more now than ever, you know, we can't have the great divide between all these traditions or which one's better, which one's, you know, more authentic, you know, we have to... Everybody has, everybody is spoken to in the language that they will understand. Exactly. works for one does not work for the other. Exactly. You know, but, you know, we have to stand together. I mean, as spiritual people, you know, the the time is now that we have to stand up for each other, that we have to give support to each other. Instead of knocking people down, we need to lift and, as a community, rise all together, you know, in unison, you know, from all different backgrounds. And ironically, that's connected to the ego problem within the spirit uh, practitioners, okay? Because you have too many people with the Messiah complex that they say, no, I'm the only one who can help you. No one else can. And you know, and I know, that that's bullshit. Right. I mean, there's a lot of people that can help people. And one of my biggest things is know your boundaries, if you can't help someone, send them to somebody that can help them because you are still helping that person by giving them the right people that can assist them. Bless you for saying so. Amen. That is the biggest problem we face today. Nobody wants to admit that, oh, this is not my cup of tea. Uh, I got to go take you to this one. Right. And me, I have no problem with that because there are certain things that I don't work with. You know, I can't work with battered women. That person will always appreciate you for doing that. I mean, when it gets right down to it as a spiritual person, it's not about me at all. It's about the welfare of the person sitting in front of me looking for help. And I'm not going to miss whatever money they might throw at me because spirit is going to sit there and say, hey, this person needs some serious help. Why don't you go and, you know, push them over to this person, call that person up and say, look, I've got a really deep case that I am not equipped to handle. Like, I don't do domestic violence cases I or battered women. I don't know where... I would come from to make those people feel comfortable. So I will send them to people that can because, you know, many women, you know, have issues that a man can't solve. A man can't understand. They can't even make a person feel comfortable because some of these people have been so battered by male oppression that, they don't look at you as somebody that can help. They still see from the eyes of a person that's been hurt. 
and they need somebody that can assist them and understand. Uh-huh. On a lighter note uh, concerning this, uh, one time, long time ago, I know you're going to get a chuckle out of this one, uh, I had a big situation spiritually that was quite negative, and I needed uh, uh, the type of, of lifting off that they had to really, really, really know what they were doing. And I kept looking. I went to two voodoo priests, and they could not. I went had Misha's done. They could not. I went to Santeros to work, and I said, what the hell is this? Well, guess where I wound up that they took it off in one second? In the mountains of West Virginia with a little old man who was spitting tobacco told me to touch that rattlesnake and then told me to go home and turn on his cartoons again and he did what no voodoo person could have done. So that's an example that you do not know where you gotta go. And everybody knows something and nobody knows Jack. Exactly. You know, we often overlook sometimes the simplest looking things in tradition. Sometimes we get stuck and everything has to be elaborate. Everything has to be big. Everything has to be, you know, this giant service or, you know, we've got to call in, you know, and rally the troops. And sometimes it's we overcomplicate as humans, you know, certain things that need to be actually done. Yeah, by the time you finish with all those fancy trinkets and all that big old ritual and everything else and the big grandstand show, people forget what the hell you were there for. Okay? I always say simple is best. Get a few people, get right to the point, and do what you got to do. Ritual is good. Um, and ritualistic uh, settings are good when it is called for at the right time. An initiation, uh, something to do with uh, a step that your person is taking, that's fine. But as an everyday rule for lifting things, especially for lifting things, no, get to the bottom of it right away, simple, and just get it done. Because simple is always best. And if you can't do it, you know, find somebody that can, you know. We are not all masters of everything. Yes, have the guts and the decency to tell a person that if it is that I can't go that far, but I'm going to take it to somebody that I know will. That person is going to love you forever. Okay, they're going to re- they're going to recommend you forever because yes, they know you were honest. And in this and in this particular type of traditions that we follow, you know that honesty is the most important thing you can have with any client. Oh yeah. And then to be able to see them years later and the transformations that they've made and the steps that they have taken to rise above where they were, that just always puts a smile on my face. Go, man! I remember back when. Yeah, this know. person was a mess. <laughs> you know, it just that that's like that's my reward, you know, feeling that good when you see someone that got out of a problem and they're doing better, yeah. You know, and I wanted to talk to you about was um something that was is touched upon often. 
the relationship between tarot cards, uh, crystal balls, runes, etc., on mediums. Mm-hmm. I'm very, very uh, uh, strong on this point. I feel that because uh, the spiritual world is so delicate, so complicated, and is not an instant coffee thing, it's got to go over a long period of time, that really never ends, we need a launching pad. I always compare our spiritual growth to a rocket, uh, and every rocket needs a launching pad. Mine, I was always attracted to the tower cars. To this day, I use them. Sometimes when I'm doing my readings, I look at them, and sometimes I don't. But they inspire my spirits to look in areas that need to be looked at. And, yeah, the tarot is a thing, correct. But it comes from such a mysterious uh, and very long tradition that uh, it is a tool that can be used very effectively by a medium. And it's also, for me, uh, the rooms, uh, which I do use also, uh, is a way, and a crystal ball to have one. But uh, these are all tools that I use to cut through the bullshit and get to it, and my spirit get right into it. Yeah, that's, you know, but I wanted to make that connection that not everyone is only with the glass of water and straight off the cup. And there are times when, hey, I'm in public or something, or I'm in a misa, and you don't use anything. That's when you, your spirit guides completely only there. Right. But when doing readings and stuff, I don't want to waste the person's time or mine. And and I think it's a beautiful thing because I do the same. You know, um, mediumship. You know, as a tool to help develop stronger mediumship capabilities you know we have to use tools that will heighten pinpoint you know touch upon open us up and allow our spirits another vessel to communicate to us through another filter if you will to make things a little bit easier and to the point because when you're doing readings and you work with the public like I do, I can't be sitting there, uh, you know, getting through all the stuff. I need tools that will help me a little bit hone in on where I got to go, you know. I, I know you understand that. <laughs> I'm, I have to have tools because, one, I do find them easy. I find them to be for a lot of reasons, point blank, um, quick. You know, they give me fast response. They give me detailed info. You know, they allow my spirits to interject mediumistically when they need to because I'm working that current, that energy. And you to interpret also because... Let's say, like, I also use the chamalongos. These are um, in, uh, <coughs> these are little round co- pieces of coconut. Yes. That have been shaved off and polished, and they have the lighter side. 
concave, and then there's the outer side, which is uh, round. And there's only four of them that you use. And these answers that you ask, you have to really know to interpret. That's where your spirits come in. The, the, the tool is used by the entity you're asking. Um, but then when they return the answer through the chamalongos, you have to get, uh, you have to really know how to interpret that, what their language has told you. Same thing with the runes, and same thing with the tarot and the glass of water or the crystal ball, whatever. Or the bones, or the Lenormans. I mean, there's so many different tools, you know. The flame of the candle, I forgot to say that one. The flame of the candle is a real big crystal ball for me. Oh, <laughs> fire scrying. I used to love doing that. <laughs> candles, or if I could have a whole room full of lit candles, I would. So now speaking of mediums and speaking of, you know, ways to develop your mediumistic skills, your connection, you know, a lot of people that read and I say read because I don't really always say divine because I think there's a complete difference between the two, you know, work without a Bovida, work without a connection to their particular ancestors. And I always feel that everybody, you know, because we all have a spiritual quadrant. We all have that quadro, those guides, spirits, and ancestors that work with us. That I think that they should all have some kind of a virtual altar. I'm not talking your altar to, you know, a pagan god or an altar to this particular spirit, specifically just your quadrant, like the bovi there. I I have an answer to that one. Okay. When I set up my table, when someone comes into my temple for a reading, I have it set up in a way that I was told, spiritually inspired, to put it up. And that, in itself, becomes a bovida. Right. The minute you have a space that is designated to receive all the filters that you need, that is your bovida at that moment. That is your connection to your ancestors, to your quadrant, to everything, and to the person's quadrant, because then they are entering your cave, so to speak. Your sanctum is being entered by them, and they're a guest there. As such, their quadrant will help your quadrant to see what needs to be. And, and, and that's what I'm always mean by the, the tarot, the whatever. Those are tools that enhance, but there is always, always the virtual, as you say, connection there, because you have established a place where it is sanctified for you, and that is where your spirits push everything through a culture. So are you throwing chumalongos while I'm talking to you? Oh, I, I keep hearing noise in the background, and I keep thinking that you're throwing them while I'm chatting. <laughs> oh, 
Christmas novelas. <laughs> <laughs> all my kids who running around, all my grandson, uh, yeah. Because I, I have the garage closed off. I'm really here all by myself with you. Yeah. Because my, my garage is no longer a garage. That's why I have my inside. And sometimes I pack 20 and 30 people in there. Oh, 40 people in a garage? <laughs> no, no, garage, you know. I, you know, I make sure people get out and stay on a diet, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I like to give me says about once a month. Yeah. Sometimes maybe six, seven weeks. It depends. Uh, I might have to come down and visit you one of these days. I love that. Oh, yeah. I would You're right down in Kissimmee, right? Yeah. Kissimmee and um, Kissimmee is actually divided. Like, people don't know that. Like, Poinciano, which is the suburb that of Kissimmee that I live in, uh, I live in the Polk County part. Most of Kissimmee is in the Osceola County part. Okay? But um, Poinciano has... Uh, 90 to 100,000 people in it, whereas Kissimmee proper really only has about 70. So, like, you know, Poinciana's traffic is uh, notorious. <laughs> it's bedroom, yeah, it's a bedroom community, you might so to speak. I've, I've been to Kissimmee, but it's been many years. Yeah. Well, uh, Kissimmee is growing. And it's changing and they're growing and it's trying. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure it'll get there after time. I do want to take a moment to say thanks to a couple of people in our chat room that joined with us. We've got uh, Aoife Abeyo, we've got Nasor Aid, we've got Stephanie Francis who joined with us uh, you know, during our show, um, as well as making a mention of the Mile High yeah, the Mile High Conjure Gala coming up September 29th and 30th, where you can find information at ConjureGala.com. They're going to have some awesome people, traditionalists in hoodoo and conjure work. They've got Loretta Leedsman, Candelo Cambisa, Elaine Bryant, Beverly Smith, Professor Ames, that wonderful Professor Charles Porterfield, Ambrosine Laguerre, Michelle Jackson, awesome bone readers, uh, Michael, yeah, Michael Caldinas, uh, Hoodoo San Jose, uh, uh, Miss Aida. Uh, not to mention another show that's on Spreaker. It's 12 o'clock somewhere with Candelo Cambisa live. I believe he's now at 12 Central since he has moved across state, or I should say across country to Texas. You know, so tune in to listen to him, and I also understand that the Candelo's Corner will be coming back sometime this fall. Oh, I hope so, yeah. Yeah. yeah so. That was a good show, yeah. And um, one person that you might want to also look up who's in the Northeast, uh, in, in, I think it's Logan, uh, uh, Massachusetts. Oh, Lowell. Yes, Lowell Mass. Ah, uh, love Sancista Brujo Luis. You know, I met him several years ago in the city. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome man. Oh yes. 
Yeah, he's an amazing he's an amazing man. I love him. I love chatting with him. I love the time that we spent when I was down in the city. He's so down to earth. Yeah. Oh wow. I've never met him in person, but we've spoken quite a lot and we uh we were on Candelos show uh, together. Uh and we, we see eye to eye on all, almost ninety percent of the things, you know. He's very good medium. Very good. I will agree 100%. Now, you have two current books out, the uh, Mesa Blanca and Whispers from the Cave, you know, are, you know, both of which you can find on Amazon.com, or you can also go to AuthorHouse.com for those two books I highly recommend for any developing medium, you know, and I don't often personally plug books on the show. But I love your books. Uh, as you see, I post them online on a frequently regular basis. <laughs> Thank you. And Thank they're you. so Thank nicely you. written from such an easy language stand, you know, where almost anybody can just pick them up and just read them. Yeah, I was a teacher for 36 years, so that's... And I like to write uh, down to earth and, uh, you know, to the man in the street, as they say, or the woman in the street, uh, so that people understand it. I don't like when people start speaking with these uh, high and mighty words and uh, they really saying the same old shit in another way. I call it, from from a technical standpoint, because, you know, that's my normal job is I'm a tech-type person, I call it techno-babble. Um, when you can no longer communicate effectively with the everyday person in a common language that you have feel the need to go above and beyond words that they may not comprehend, language or patterns that they may not really, you know, get, that's what I call techno babble. It's like you could say it a whole lot easier in plain everyday English. <laughs> Mesa Blanca is the one that everyone should get first. Yeah. I mean, they can get both of them. But Mesa Blanca is, uh, that's the, uh, the baby. <laughs> <laughs> and I love the Mesa Blanca, but I loved your second one, too. And I love the title, Whispers yeah. from the Cave, because, you know, as mediums, a lot of times, that is exactly what we get. It's little whispers. You know? Well, I was going to choose another um, title for that, but one of my spirits came down and dictated the words, the title, word for word. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the only thing uh, about the second one, I received very good, good feedback, but everybody keeps telling me too short. Well, I'm a little (laughs) blind, guys, and my vision is, you know, kind of bugged me. But I am working on... On another one. (laughs) Yes, I am. I know. I knew it was coming. I was going to ask you about it. <laughs> now, number three may go off on a tangent a bit within the spiritual world, because there are other subjects that may be quite taboo to people, but they need to be discussed. Yes. <laughs> well, I mean, we have to start bringing things to light. You know, there are a lot of things or taboos or no-nos or things that people sweep under the rug, and it's just like, Oh no, we can't talk about that. 
But these are things that we have to, you know, just like, you know, things that are happening in our country today. You know, these are things we have to talk about, you know, justices we have to talk about. You can't get through life sweeping underneath the rug. People would be shocked at how many times politicians go quietly to see media. Ronald Reagan, when I was in California when Ronald Reagan was sworn in at 3 a.m. because his astrologer, Nancy's astrologer, insisted on that. And uh, during the second presidential inauguration, it was not done at 10 a.m., it was done at 1 p.m. And there's been other presidents, too. Well, Lincoln and, you know... And the majority of all our presidents have been Masons and Rosicrucians. And there's a reason for that. And I know that lately the the latest fad is to call everybody the Illuminati. And people don't know half of what they're talking about when they say the word Illuminati. They would <laughs> not know one if it hit them in the face. Uh, Illuminati are much, much more secretive, much more... Uh, spiritual and quite high up on the ladder and uh, nobody's going to tell me yeah I know one no no nope. that doesn't that they, they don't they don't come out <laughs> I don't even aspire to ever know one but I do know enough to know about that having been uh, a Rosicrucian and a Mason myself I learn more and more about you every day. <laughs> we learn everything every day. Every day we are a student. Every day you realize that, you know what? I don't know nothing at all. <laughs> and, and that's really what it boils down to. You know, it boils down to the understanding that nobody knows it all. You know, and we are all constantly learning. Children that get gifted with this at a very early age, and boy, is that delicate. But one of the biggest cleanings I've ever had done on me was by a seven-year-old little girl who left me as if I had been dumped in Clorox. That's how good she cleaned me. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. And you know, spirit does and chooses people for a reason. Oh, yeah. One of the spiritual countries on earth is England and uh, the UK in general. And they have uh, an association of spiritual animal healers. You don't see that often. Oh. Uh, that, yeah. Oh, yes. The, uh, the, the British Isles are a particularly blessed and gifted area of the world for mediumship, as is Brazil. Oh, yeah. Those are two areas that really hit hard on that. Okay? But, but, you know, everywhere in the world, you have people and and, uh, groups that, do this, whether they call it 
mediumship, whether they call it witches, whether they call it whatever they want to say. But it's all the same thing. The spirits of the world are the only thing humanity has in common. I will agree 100%. So how would our wonderful listeners... You know, be able to get a hold of you should they want to schedule a reading if they are local and they are looking to, you know, meet with you and sit and have you do a reading or a cleansing if they need anything being done. How do they reach out to you? Well, I work strictly on appointment uh, because I do need to keep my life. <laughs> oh, yes. And um, I've been happily married 41 years because of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I always say, um, if you are close enough within Florida or near Florida, I would much rather always see you in person, because in person uh, is when uh, I can pick up even better, and if things have to be done, like cleaning, etc., you're there, right? Now, if it's someone who is very far away, well, then that would be with the phone. And uh, I, my number um, is 863-236-4130. The best time to call me to arrange uh, a reading over the phone would be, the best time would be uh, between 12 noon and 6 p.m. After 9, this old man gets cranky and sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and you need to, and you need to shut down for the night, too. I mean, you need to have that balance between family life, spiritual life, you know. There's always got to be a balance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I usually give a very, uh, good, strong, uh, intense whole life reading to a person, which is why I prefer uh, always uh, in person. If it's at all doable, in person, yes. Because I can help you over the phone, yeah, but then when there are certain things that need to be done, well then, you know, it's not the same as being dictated as you're there. Right. Okay. Um, but, hey, well, there's a world, there's a way. There always is, you know, in this world of communication and over-communication, because, you know, you can get a hold of people from, you know, Facebook, Google. I mean, no matter, there's always a way, technology-wise. <laughs> yeah, but I want to interject when you say that. I'm glad you brought that up. There are too many people today that are using technology as a way of not lifting a finger and still taking the money. Yes. Um, there are. I have heard of people using Skype to even give warriors, and that is like crap. Can you give warriors without somebody being present? I know. Well, they're, doing, they're even doing the uh, the beads. Oh, I mean, you know, it's sickening what you hear. 
the other, uh, you know, I fully expect one day someone's going to do Santo through fax. Okay? Skype, like, up front where you can see each other, that's great. Um, the phone, yeah. But there is a, there's a limit where it, the, the, the advent of charlatans can be really helped by technology. Ooh. Oh, yeah. And then there's the stories about, you know, I had a dream last night, and in my dream, you know, I made Santo and Lassiren, or you know, they'll come up with a different name from a different tradition, but, you know, they don't need to do the actual initiation because it was done in their sleep. Never going to happen. <laughs> I'm sorry, but never going to happen. <laughs> Oh, I, you know, I have seen it myself online. I have seen it in groups. I have seen it on people's posts. And it was just like, well, you know, if in fact, you know, an Orisha like, you know, Yamaya or a Lua from Vodou like Les Uren is sending you a dream to tell you maybe you need to look at this particular tradition, find somebody in that tradition that can validate it, that can assist you, that can help teach you and point you in the right direction. Oh, Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, there are... I might upset some people, but there are some very special people out there that, you know, feel the need to not follow tradition and do whatever the fuck they like. <laughs> well, all I know is that the one area of, of the spiritual world that really has has very few absolute strict rules is the spirit. The spirit. Because there, there is very little other than what is tried and true and proven that can go on. Which is why I always say, tend to your spirits first, and all the other traditions will fall in line. Exactly. And you know, in all the traditions that I've studied, it has always been your spirits first, your ancestors, your guides. You know, mm-hmm. after that... You know, of course, God is always first, then your ancestors, then whatever spirits, Orisha, Loa, whatever you want to call them afterwards. Mm-hmm. But those that come before you, you know, in blood and in life, and those that brought you forth into this world, yeah. the deepest connections that you can have. Yeah, because everyone thinks that they know who God is. One time I was having an argument with a, uh, an evangelical minister, and of course, I decided that the sarcastic Virgo in me was going to come out. So I told the man, well, what was, are you going to do when you get to heaven? And God opens the uh, door to the <coughs> of heaven. Guess what? He's a drag queen. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny because I used to tell people all the time that, you know, God was really like a hermaphrodite and a laid-back hippie. You know, God did his job. He created the world. He gave light. He created the earth. He created people. 
And his job now is to sit back and look down and laugh and see exactly what you do with the gifts that he's given you. And he may never answer personally, always through other avenues. It's always through other spirits that work on his behalf. Facebook post of the the pastor in Africa that has the telephone to God, and he's letting people that he's on his cell phone saying God saying this to me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, it would be really funny if it wasn't so sad. Yeah, I mean, it's still kind of funny, but yeah, it is definitely sad. Nobody's got the direct line. To eat grass because God said eat grass. And then there was this fool woman from Peru or somewhere, a woman pastor who wound up telling everyone, you need to do the tipping because... The angels need to buy their very expensive house. I almost shit when I heard that. <laughs> what do they need a house for? Here it has no comprehension of money. Magnetism is magnetism. People forget that in 1934 at the Nuremberg Museum, you can go see that in 1934, the, the Pentecostal Church of Germany declared Hitler to be the second coming. I know a lot of people right now that are saying that that's, you know, Trump. <laughs> well, on that note, you know, would you like to say our wonderful goodbyes to our beautiful audience who's tuned in and listened to us for this awesome show? Thank you all for having me, and I wish every one of you light on your path, that you find where you need to be, and whatever capacity God wants you to do in the spiritual world, it is like a beachhead. Every grain of sand contributes to the great beach that life is. I want to thank all of our wonderful and beautiful listeners as well as our awesome guests today for joining us today for another edition of the Divination Table. You can find all of our wonderful guests on the DivinationTable.com website. Um, I'll be posting up contact info for our wonderful guest, Freddie, today, um, shortly after we get off the show. And, you know, tune in next week at 7 p.m. Eastern on Thursday for another edition of the divination table. Have a beautiful day. May God bless you and may God follow your path. <laughs>